the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. From our 1077 The Bone studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click. Bimbo Jimbo alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal. Jimbo, where is your wrestling shirt? I think we need like a new like agreement or a new rule. You and I, when we do our episodes, we need to wear wrestling shirts. I felt like changing it up today. Why? Because this is, this is a, I'm wearing a comfortable uh, 10-0 Productions t-shirt. I got a little trip ahead of me uh, this evening, so... Uh, I, I decided to go with, with comfort over, over wrestling fashion. You like my new shirt? Look at my new uh, shirt. Yeah, the Johnny Takeover one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, ha- I have one just like it at home. I know. I was super jealous when you and I were at Staples Center back uh, during TakeOver War Games, and uh, you were able to get one. I could not because I didn't have my size. But thank you to WWShop.com. I was able to partake in their latest sale, get one. Crisis averted, I guess. I guess uh, the Goodbye. WWE Hall of Famer in the Oval doesn't have to declare a national emergency that Baby Huey couldn't get his Johnny Takeover shirt. Buy a shirt, all, get, get one for a dollar. So this all cost me, is not lost. This shirt cost me one dollar. I told my dad, like, Dad, look, I bought a shirt for one dollar. So he was really happy. So. Well, you have to buy another one. Well, he didn't tell us he's got to buy another one to get that deal, but we digress. <laughs> Welcome back to In The Click, everybody. Uh, we're going to get right into it as we uh, recap a pretty uh, momentous week of uh, of action in WWE, depending Ooh. on how you feel about it. Uh, but, I mean, uh, first things first, with Monday Night Raw, you know, it came out actually pretty much, I think, right after we recorded uh, last week's episode that Roman Reigns would be making his return uh, to Monday Night Raw. In fact, I think I was in the subway uh, looking at that, Bart. Uh, come on, you're in the Bay Area, say Bart. It's it's still a subway though. It's like it's like a, a term. Uh, anyway, uh, I was on the train and uh, that news came out. So yeah, Ro- Roman Reigns uh, kicked off things on Monday Night Raw um, to a raucous ovation and giving the announcement that uh, you know I I, I really I really appreciate everything he had to say. It was it was a very special moment. Just again having the crowd embrace him and announcing that. He's in remission and he's back. I was not expecting him to be back. I was expecting good news because I don't think WWE would have trotted him out there. Exactly. If he had bad news to report. I think they probably would just have given a press release or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but super awesome. Um, did not expect it this soon. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I was also a little surprised that four months after his initial announcement that he was going away for leukemia, that he was going to come back and say he was in remission. So definitely just a quick turnaround. But I know there's a lot of info out there about leukemia and like kind of how different people deal with it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. As far as when I saw like all over Instagram stuff, WWE making the announcement that he was coming out there. Yeah, you're right. It had to be something positive because as you said, they would not publicly put him out there unless otherwise, just like you said, if it was going to be something bad, they could easily just done either social media, press release type stuff. But 
seeing him back out there, you could just tell he just looks so happy to be back in his normal element. What he know, what he knows best yeah. in his life is wrestling. And the fact he took his time going around the ring, saying hi to everyone, kind of absorbing the whole moment in, that was really cool. But, uh, yeah, I think for anyone with a heart and soul, to hear him you know, do his promo and his, make his announcement, it just gave you goosebumps. Like, wow, this is a really positive moment right now and such such great news to hear. And you can tell everyone was just super happy for him. And that's the biggest takeaway is a man dealing with something very scary. He's able to come back and make up this huge announcement that things are going to be okay and he's going to be back. It's his yard again. So seeing the big dog back was very exciting moment. Yeah, it was. And it goes beyond wrestling and anything yes. like that. And, you know, I mean, you still get those trolls out there that talk about how, you know, they think it's a work or whatever kind I of know. deal. Well, and- that's what I was going to ask you. We haven't a chance to talk off the air about this. Yeah, I saw a lot of people commenting on that because for us here in the Bay Area, we get, uh, you know, the West Coast feed. So uh, a lot of stuff I see on social media it's three hours early because they film on East Coast time. So yeah. I saw the initial like posts of him saying he's in remission, all that stuff. And then I was looking at the comments because I'm curious. That's how I kind of judge the WWE Universe, how they react in that situation, where the comments are. And, yeah, I saw a lot of trolls saying, what? He was only gone for four months. He filmed. I can't a m- believe it's been four months. And it's not like four months. I mean, four months, that's almost half a year, yeah. which is crazy to me to think about. That It's a third of a year. It is a third of a year. But, you know, I mean, like. It, that's crazy to me that it's been even that long. Like, it's flown by, I feel like. Yeah, well, the thing is, so everyone was saying, oh. In spite of how tedious rise. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like uh, four months, he was able to go film a movie, battle cancer, all this stuff. So a lot of the trolls were like, wait a sec, was this the ultimate work to get him over? Which I don't think that's the case. I think this is a legit. No, 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 no. This yeah, is legit. This is a serious issue. Like, but people have to understand is that sort of like fundamental changes within how WWE can do certain storylines. They're a publicly traded company now. Yeah. So there are certain things they have to tread very carefully. Now, if this were 98, uh, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them doing that. And, and I'm not saying it's a, look, man, you want to get a guy over, but I, I don't th- I think the way that they would do it, though, would not be to get him over as a super baby. He'd come back. And he'd say, the only cancer I had was you, Seth Rollins, and have him turn heel and like, join with Dean Ambrose or something yeah. like that. Like That's what they would have done back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah. Uh, but no, this again, this is one of those things that just goes way beyond professional wrestling. It's, it's such an interesting industry because they're, pl- they're, they're actors playing these characters, but we also sort of get to know them because most of their characters just themselves with the volume turned up. So we do mm-hmm. feel... Like, we know them a little bit and almost like a little in, entitled in a sense. So that's why I think it was important because he comes into our living room in that way to sort of talk directly to the WWE Universe and stuff. And, you know, it was really cool to see how much support he got and everything like that. And um, I'm beyond happy for him, I, for, you know, the man that he is going to be healthy. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, hopefully this is the last time he'll have to deal with it. Was that his wife, mom, and The Rock's mom all front row that he went to go I, yeah, say I hi to so, right yes. away? Yeah. And then it was cool. He went around, was taking like selfies, signing autographs, kind of make a loop around ringside before he went back up to the ramp and Seth came out and they gave a big hug. So it was like, wow, really cool moment right there. And so it was, it's cool because like in the big picture of things, that's going to be a very historical moment in Raw's history as well. Yeah. I think Roman Reigns making his announcement that he's in remission for leukemia. So 
that's something we can like just really hold on to. And I think it just it's a like we can't say enough good things about him and just how amazing and happy we are for him. But yeah, to the trolls out there who think it's a work, it's like, come on, man, just grow up. That, that's kind of like that's the thing when you, on social media, you can easily go down that rabbit hole and just get stuck reading all these negative comments from all these trolls out there. It's like, no, come on. It's not work. It's not all that. It's, you know, yeah. People's bodies are different too. You got to keep that in mind. And I got to find it. There's like a thread on Twitter, but someone explained like different types of cancer and how I thought he looked noticeably leaner too. You thought so. I was trying to look at that too. And I was like, he looks a tad smaller. I'm sure, you know, being at home and not like working out regularly and all that stuff. And the, the toll it takes on his body, but that just being happy. said, very happy. That being said, do you, I mean, do you think does he get into a match at WrestleMania? I mean, do you think he'll be ready for that? Where, who do you pair him with? That kind of deal. I, that's the thing is, he says he's ready to the come back. I was like, wow, he's ready to take a bump already. Like, whenever next week, I don't, I don't know. know. But that's the thing. It's like I don't know. Do you test the waters? Maybe just throw him something at Fastlane because Fastlane is <laughs> fastly approaching. No yes. pun intended. It's uh, I don't know what you could do. It was interesting. Dean did not come out, though, on the initial when Seth hugged out uh, with Roman. So uh, Dean, I think he's still on the fence on his character right now. What we'll get he, to that. Yes, we'll get to that. But I don't know. I mean, listen, I know he's been gone. I At the same time, I don't necessarily want him shoehorned into maybe already pre-established matches or storylines going on. Yeah. Give him something different. Maybe, I, maybe baby steps back him into this into maybe the eventual main event uh, title scene. But I still, personally, I just still want Seth and Brock one-on-one. I think a lot of people online are like, oh, it's going to be a triple threat now. It's like, no, no, no. I want Seth versus Brock one-on-one. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Is maybe Dean and Roman can partner up something. Maybe something at Fastlane happens, and we get a Shield reunited somehow. And then maybe Roman... And Dean can tag at Mania before Dean leaves. I don't know. There's, I think there's a lot of different scenarios they can go with. But I, you know, as far as the title scene, I want to kind of keep it where it's at right now. Yeah. Uh, again, we will we'll talk about Dean in a, in a few minutes here. Um, let's let's go from from Roman's awesome announcement. We got into the matches, and that was Alistair Black and Ricochet in a, uh, a somewhat random pairing. Uh, I guess that they're doing now on the main roster. They did it on both shows this week. Um, versus the revival. Uh, and keep in mind the revival, which I was happy with because you know uh, I like Gargano and Champa, but they did lose cleanly to Gargano and Champa last week. They are the newly minted uh, WWE Raw Tag Team Champions, and then the patchwork team of Aleister Black and Ricochet also beat your reigning Raw Tag Team Champions. And in my head, Baby Huey, I just heard my my own voice from last week's episode or the week before that about talking about the revival and, like, you know, them being champions now. And I, my, my, my voice saying, you know, well, it takes more than, like, just shoot, put, you know, shooting the belts over to them to sort of really rebuild them. Yeah. And so, yeah, they have the titles around their waist, Couldn't but they're still, no. they're still being treated, like, a pretty much the same. I even saw that they took to Twitter... Uh, and each one of them, Dash and Dawson, both like put out sort of like kind of a passive aggressive tweet about like uh, one put out like most dominant tag team champions ever, uh, and the other one put out or maybe it was maybe it was the same person but put out uh, undefeated uh, in title defenses or something like that, which is none. <laughs> but uh, so 
Look, I don't want Aleister Black and Ricochet to necessarily be losing off the bat, but I'm fine with them losing to the Raw Tag Team Champions because I have to believe, you know, it's the way I've always thought about it. Why would, like, Demolition have a chance against, like, a team of, like, Hulk Hogan and whatever? Macho uh, Man. Macho Man. Or well, even, like, Hulk Hogan and, like, Roddy Piper or somebody like that. Because the Demolition are, as the late, great Gorilla Monsoon would say, are tag team specialists. You know, it's like that's their lane that they're in. That's like what they've, like, if you're buying into the whole world that we are in pro wrestling, that's how they ply their trade. That is what they are really exceptional at, is tag team wrestling, which is like a whole different thing from singles wrestling. And so I have to believe, and I did believe as a little kid, it's like, yeah, dude, if you're the tag team champions, you're the best at that. You know, working together. Yes, exactly. So you have this, you have this mishmash team come in, which we also get to the fact that they're appearing on both shows. Technically, they're not supposed to have any chemistry because they never yeah. tag together. And they come in there and they beat the Raw Tag Team Champions. Yeah. So how how do you feel about all that? Well, no, it's like, what's the point of giving them the titles? And that's the thing. It's just <sighs> these titles need to have more weight to them. Where's AOP? Yeah. Well, one's injured right now, but. <laughs> They still shot it over to them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're playing like a hot potato with the titles themselves. But also, everyone seems like he's getting a turn from the B team to whoever over the last year. So many different people have had the tag titles. It just keeps bouncing around. Like, I want these tag titles to have some substance to mean something. And to do that, whoever has the tag titles, make them the strongest force, the strongest entity in that division. You got to give them wins or you got to give them, if they're heel tag team, at least win by cheating or DQs or running away. You build up something that when I'm watching them, then I'll be like, wow, like, okay, whoever they're taking on, they're screwed because these guys are the best at what they do. Yeah. And as what you said, you're right. It's like it could be two singles guys being paired up, but they're at a disadvantage because they're normally used to being a singles competitor. They don't have that synergy. It's like, you ever ever see the movie uh, Pacific Rim? Yeah. So, you know, like when they get into the, the Jaegers and stuff like that, they're linked up by their brains. So it's like two brains running one giant machine. In unison, you know? yeah. Yeah. That's well, what, like, it's like you put two guys that aren't linked in correctly into the Jaeger. They shouldn't be able to outfight the ones that have been doing it for years. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the the robot can only run with two people. Yes. It, it's that Working strong. together. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm with you. It, it, it's, that's what's frustrating right now is, wow, who would have thought? Yeah. Back in the day, imagine demolition. Why, oh. Losing multiple weeks in a row, that, that's yeah. exactly a perfect example. Is back in the day, it's like no. When you're the champions, come on, kayfabe or whatever. You know, when they go in the ring, the odds are they're gonna win. And yeah. if they lose, it's by some fluke or it's by some DQ, but it's not like a clean loss. Yeah, it's like Texas Tornado and Owen Hart were teaming up and they beat the demos. I would have been flabbergasted as a yeah. Guy. And, yeah. and, and I think even on commentary, we've been treated as like a major upset kind of deal, like very surprising. And this just felt sort of like another day at the office. And look, I love, like, I think Ricochet is is the is the best thing going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't, I want to see him book strong, and I hope he's a future world champion. I, I hope they're not shoehorning him into the tag scene though with Alistair Black, and that's what they have planned for them. But uh, yeah, I guess let's keep it with them because they were on both shows. Uh, they. What they beat the bar? Or, no, no, never mind. No, that was a different team. But who, who they beat? Uh, who did they face on SmackDown? Oh, it was. Um, oh my God. Uh, I'm. Let's see. Who else was? Big they ten? beat Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. On SmackDown. Oh come on, and that's the other thing. Rusev, you know, two-time U.S. champion, Shinsuke, former NXT champion. I, it's 
the King of Strong style. I, I, I mean, I would love to see eventually well, to, Shinsuke versus Alistair. I think that could be an amazing oh, yeah, match. Be a great match. But well, my my thing with more more to the point there is like that's another new tag team. Like that's a tag team that it seems like they're trying to get over as like this heel, like you know, like uh, group, and they're already having them lose. I, I just thought of this, just popped into my head with like the fact that they just rehealed Rusev mm-hmm. and, and Lana. Poor, poor Aiden English. Oh, yeah. Like you you split them up to do the babyface heel thing only to turn him back heel almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a shame. But, uh, and also, like, so you have Aleister Black and Ricochet and all these call ups on two shows. Like, wh- what's, what's up with that? Well, that's the thing. I remember it was a Triple H said a long time ago in an interview. He would only allow call-ups from NXT to the main roster if they had, like, six months' worth of story planned out for that person. But it's already, you could tell, like, two weeks into this, they're just kind of, all right, uh, both of you are here now. Here, let's put you together as a tag team go out there. And sure, you ain't going to win over the, the Raw Tag Champions, but it's a non-title match, so there's not much there. It's like it's a good little bragging right. But for me, I am an old-school fan as far as I like tag teams that are, like, they got the like a name. They got like the same look or a t- ring attire, outfits. Like they're in unison. Yeah. You're, I'm all about that. I've never been a big fan of like odd pairings. And I know WWE for years has had some amazing tag champs. There were odd pairings: Kane, X Pac, Kane with the, RVD. The, and the, like, the odd couple stuff can work well, but that's like more of a story to it. Usually, they yes. don't just show up and appear as tags. You, you know, it's like the like Team Hell No. Like there's a whole like. Like, we don't want a team, and then all of a sudden we do kind of deal. I mean, look at the bar. Like, they're, they're a great example of what was once the odd couple pairing becoming, like, this very powerful uh, synergistic force. Or also, you think about, like, these odd pairings. When they put together, eventually it leads to one turning on the other. So either reestablishes one of them as a big baby face and the other one as a, a heel. So it could kind of – the tag – it was a temporary thing just to kind of reestablish, reset who they are for the yeah. fans. I will say my favorite tag team of all time is an odd couple pairing, and I wish they had gotten the chance to tag longer. Uh, Booker T and Goldust, oh. the, one of the most entertaining uh, duos I have ever seen in my entire life. But I'm more just concerned. Like, Mine's this, a two-man power trip. Doesn't even know the name of that tag team. <laughs> Texted Baby Huey one morning, a two-man power trip. He's like, what? Like the band? <laughs> power Trip as one of my favorite bands. Yeah. They're awesome out of Didn't Texas. Didn't know what two-man Power Trip was, though. Uh, but, I mean, what I'm looking at with the call-ups, though, is this is this signaling that the brand split could be uh, a thing of the past uh, sooner rather than later? I think so, based on what we saw in NXT as well, which we get into a little bit later as far as who showed up yeah. on NXT. It's just I like, mean, do you, do you see it being a, try, a try-branded well, thing? <sighs> I mean, right now, if you're Johnny Gargano, Ciampa, uh, Alistair Black, Ricochet, you must be feel pretty good in a way that you're getting the maximum exposure right now. You're appearing on all well, three they're, shows. They're not on 205 Live yet, which well, I don't think they want to go to. No. Be careful about that. I heard, when they, I heard when they announced Ricochet's weight when he was walking to the ring, uh, and he's like under well under 200 pounds. I'm like, mm, bulk up, buddy. Bulk up. Hey, <laughs> if if you, it, get, get with heavy machinery. Need some more steaks, which we'll get to them in a minute too. They should do a new workout routine video, like Hogan and Mr. T. If they wanted to, yeah. If they wanted to do some funny skits to like they get should. somebody off of 205 Live that like doesn't want to be a cruiserweight anymore, like 
It'd be like the opposite of when Matt Hardy was doing the storyline about like making weight as a yeah. cruiserweight, which was hilarious. Doing like the sweatsuits and yeah. stuff, like the banana juices, the BJ's, as as, uh, as yeah, Taz yeah. would talk about. Shannon Moore, oh, great stuff. <laughs> uh, but I, so I I I don't know if the brand split well, is going to go extinct, but it does certainly doesn't bode well for it being strong. Well, the reason I bring that, uh, what I was getting at is, I remember Triple H also recently did an interview not too long ago. That eventually he would like to see people bounce around. I think people from NXT be able to have the flexibility to bounce from SmackDown and Raw. But that's mostly just for NXT people on their roster. People currently on Raw or SmackDown, it didn't really he didn't really uh, clearly define if they're able to bounce around from show to show. But there's a lot of gray area right now. Cause even like a couple months ago, you know, uh, uh Brie Bella. She was a heel on Raw, but a babyface with her. She was a yeah heel with her sister on Raw, a babyface with her husband Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, and just you and I were like back then was like what that doesn't make sense. They they started chipping away at it with the John Cena free yeah. agent thing. I I'm with you. I think you got to keep it brand specific. Like if you're a Raw person, just only be on Raw. But then if that's them. what you want to do, if you want to kill the brand split. Kill the brand split outright, but don't let it linger on and still act like there's two separate brands if there's not. So what do you do, though? Like, does AJ Styles start wrestling on Raw and then Seth appear on SmackDown? But then, I mean, if you want to kill the brand split, yeah. But then when eventually... Then once again, Baby Huey, we, we will only have to watch Raw and SmackDown will become just like Diet Raw. Yeah, and that's what I'm worried about because then they'll have a Seth appear on Raw and then SmackDown and then... Therefore, someone else in the back wouldn't get no TV time. Like, I think, like I Rey think Mysterio that, could be just sitting back I there. I think if done correctly and strengthened, the brand split is good for WWE. And it's good for the guys in WWE because it gives two separate shows where you have to get TV time. And it's different yes, for people. Yeah. But I don't want them to do this tweener thing with it, which is what they're doing with these NXT call-ups. That, that to me does nobody any good. And it just sort of it undermines my sort of like suspension of disbelief that mm-hmm. like they're two separate brands and stuff like that. If if you have people bouncing, you know, between shows like that. Well, so yeah, that's the issue. John Cena's free agency whenever he's back with the company. The women's tag titles right now with the apparently Undertaker. Trying, the Undertaker. And yeah, the NXT call up. So all four of those different scenarios, you're right. It does weaken the brand split. I'm with you. It's like make up your mind, pick one or the other. I like the brand split brand split because that roster is dedicated to that show only, and then the other show you could fill it with other people. So there's more opportunities, as you said, for TV time. Yes, because before the brand or in between the different brand splits, yeah, you're right. It was the same guys on Raw and SmackDown, and so it was less opportunity for I, people. In I the shudder back. to think about you know how many guys would be wasted if they killed the brand split. You know they have so much talent now than even before when they split up a few years ago. My thing is this, and I think we've talked about it before. I'm fine if the champions go between two shows. You just got to cut down the number of titles. You have one world champion, one, you know, mid-card belt, and one tag champs and stuff like that for for each male and female. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fine with that because that's sort of, I, I think that's actually kind of cool for the champion to sort of, it's almost like the, ter- it's like the NWA style. You're going from like, you know, territory to territory, like to, to, you're a world champion. So you're a cross-brand champion. I think that's cool. I will admit that's why I was kind of thinking it's cool potential with Sasha and Bailey right now yeah. is they're kind of like the traveling circus as far as that's the star powers like where are they going to be that's what it means to be a world champion and i've always like i would be very much so in favor of that because then you'd have the title of record the wwe championship 
being defended and always being the main event kind of deal, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, that that's something that I certainly would advocate for. But other than that, uh, I mean, let's let's keep moving on with 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 Raw and what happened because I I, um, I, I know we were texting uh, you, me, and Mike, and my word for this week's Raw was dumpster fire. <laughs> Outside of the great news with Roman and the very cool ending segment, dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, we, we, but we had a segment with Baron Corbin in the back, and I've been very critical of Constable whatever Baron the who's whatever job he's got this week. Very enjoyable uh, backstage interview with Charlie, actually. He he gave her a lot to work with in terms of him, like, being very evasive and almost, like, calling her questions out for being, like, fake news almost. I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, and so, like, you know, I got I to gotta give credit where credit is due. That was actually a very entertaining Baron Corbin segment in the back. He should have called her out. You, you ain't no mean gene. Like, no. <laughs> like kind of, you know, winking at the fans who... Like you and I have talked about this, we kind of missed the days of, of the backstage commentary being more of like an investigative reporter. Yeah, and kind I of, thought that was good. Like yeah. It was a good example this week. Yeah, 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 totally. But Baron right now is he still has like his own? He's growing like his own little group now. Stable is yeah. Elias the newest member. Well, that's so. I have a big, big issue with that. I have a big. Big issue with 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 that. Even if Elias is heel, it's just that on both shows this week, there were some glaring uh, just sort of lack of continuity, recent continuity as yeah. well. Uh, but we did get Elias in the ring in the next segment, and he was interrupted by Lacey Evans, who again, her thing, she, she, she just comes out, walks around, and leaves. I don't understand how this is going to help get her over. Has she wrestled at all? I know she's on done house roster, shows. Not since the Royal Rumble. I know she's done house shows. Yeah, but not, not on TV. Post, yeah, not on the main roster. Rumble. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like I could like I don't understand. Just uh, maybe do vignettes instead instead of just walking out there. But oh yeah, because if you watch Lacey's social media, uh, Lacey's social media would be perfect vignettes for her to air on Raw. Like she's at a restaurant talking about like class and manners and calling people nasties and stuff like that. That's the kind of thing that they should be airing. It's like the old Razor Ramon vignettes. I was just going to say, like, Razor Ramon's vignettes were probably the best back in the day because every week he was doing something to show he was describing who, who he was. Is. Yes. But then he would demonstrate it. Yeah. Like, pushing a guy in the waterfowl and eating fruit and, like, throwing Not it. Not paying his check. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know who I am? Like, that built up excitement for me as a kid, like, oh, my God. And then when he showed up and he would kick people's ass, he was, you know, the first few matches were, like, jobbers. But it was like, oh, my God, like, this guy's a badass. I, I He's, like, the real deal, the next hot thing. But, like, you know, case of what, like, Lars Sullivan, like, they were running the same vignettes over and over for weeks on end. And, you know, he's dealing with personal stuff right now. That's why, that's why he's not on. But... These other, like the NXT call-ups, the, the first four back in, what, December, it was running the same vignettes over and over for all four of them. They should have done isolated yeah. vignettes, updated ones. Well, even like the Lars ones, like in, in like the call-up one, they told you like next to nothing about who they are. Like, do, do, do they not know who they are? Like, are they do they feel stunted in their character growth that they don't like know what to say about what really defines them and their ethos? I know, again, going to Lacey's stuff, like what she does on her own on social media is better than anything that they've done for her on the main roster. So if you haven't, if you aren't, if you're on the fence about Lacey Evans and you don't follow her on Instagram, give her a follow, watch some of her old videos there. It's, it's great stuff. It's great character work, 
but I don't know what they're looking to accomplish by having her just walk around. And I love her theme music. Don't get me wrong. I love her look. Like, she, to me, has, like, a thought-out character. Like, she knows exactly who she wants to be. That's what just doesn't get, I don't get, is, like, you can make these vignettes and show them on an episode of Raw, and then they can re-upload it on their own social media. Yeah. That's the great thing, I think, with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, is you can recycle vignettes on social media and get a lot more eyeballs. So I think, like, Lisa Evans, have her do one vignette, and then, like, the next morning she re-uploads it. And that's how I think you can like build. He'll up the have character. her upload it and then have them play it on Raw and be like, "Look, this is what Lacey had yeah. to say on her Instagram." That way, you're building up her brand. Exactly, and, and you're getting more you know clout on online and stuff like that. Uh, Dean Ambrose then also interrupted Elias, and this is where we start to get into the the dumpster fire area. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Like, what the hell are they doing with Dean Ambrose? Uh, this was he appeared to be. A babyface in this segment. Am I wrong on that? Like he was doing all the babyface things. He was attacking a heel and Elias. There's no doubting that Elias has turned heel. He gave him dirty deeds. And he gave him the dirty deeds, which I'll give him credit. If he if like if it wasn't so stupid that Dean Ambrose is a face again, like it was a good line about like asking for Thunderstruck and then their dirty deeds if you're a fan <laughs> of ACDC like we are. Uh but dude, you turned heel. On the night that Roman Reigns announced he had leukemia, betraying Seth Rollins. You had an intense blood feud with Seth Rollins. And it's it's like one thing if you have like if you're doing if you're gonna turn him back face again, which I don't agree with, but you have to have a story going along with it. You don't just have him start showing up and doing baby face things again and us to sort of be like, oh, I guess he's a good guy. That is like the worst possible thing that you could do. But he, again, the it's like there's no weight to his actions that he did before. And it's just, it's like we're not going to catch on. You know, we're just supposed to go along for the ride and not ask any questions about what the hell they're doing. Maybe Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are going to pop out and just neuralize er- us. Erase our, erase our minds of the last four months. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know how to. He's gonna, a lunatic. How they no. gonna explain it? Yeah. How are you gonna defend that? Their actions. I mean, that TLC match that they rip each other apart. Like if they're gonna turn him babyface again, have him go out there and like give a mea culpa. Like when Sergeant Slaughter went out. Like I never agreed with them turning Sergeant Slaughter heel because I'm a huge GI Joe fan and you know, you know and I, I love always loved Sergeant Slaughter even before uh, he was on GI Joe and stuff. Uh, and I knew he worked heel for a long time in his career, but in WWF, I was like, dude, why would you turn this like Marine into an Iraqi sympathizer? Never agreed with that decision because that's a huge decision. I always like the term sympathizer. Yeah. I always like that term. <laughs> like, like, wait. Like, like, that's a huge matzo ball to put yeah. out there, you know, in, in the height of the Gulf War with a, with a, you know, like a character that's a Marine and all this stuff. Iron um, Sheik was one of his yeah, lieutenants. Yeah, have him become a traitor. To America at a time when kayfabe was still alive was, look, maybe a brilliant booking decision, but you can't unring that bell, uh, really. But they, even when they wanted to, they had him come out and cut an actual promo talking about how he had seen the light and he was so sorry and all this stuff. You have to do something like that with Dean Ambrose. You can't just have him wander out there and start doing babyface things again and us to be like, Oh yeah, he's he's the lunatic. We he's love cool. this guy, right? He didn't, you know, he didn't turn on Seth Rollins the night that Roman Reigns announced he was battling leukemia. Well, yeah, you got to do something just like 
to salvage this. I mean, this whole situation is weird because obviously the pending supposedly of him leaving the company and just like for a couple of weeks he was jobbing out and now he all of a sudden he's being baby face. It is the road to WrestleMania for Dean Ambrose is going to be interesting to follow because as you said, like I'm starting to think him leaving is a work. Roman saves him and I, I, brings I, him I'm back. I'm just start, like I don't know. I'm just starting to feel that way, but who knows? Maybe they convinced him to stay. I don't. I don't know because it's like, it, if he does leave, you can like easily discuss like the last six months of his career in WWE is, is might be one of the most oddest situations ever, as, I, as far as Shield together turning on Seth, being a bad guy for four months, getting had having like you know, the 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 army follow him out to the ring with the 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 um, buzzer going off on his news. Uh, uh, intro music, the jacket, telling people they stink, taking shots in the butt, and then all of a sudden turning baby face again. Roman's back. I mean, this this whole situation is just weird. Like, like Renee or whoever, how do you describe to someone the story of Dean Ambrose in the last four months? He's a lunatic, Michael. He's a lunatic. That's the only way you can describe Screw it. Screw you. It's terrible. It makes me think that do they just see so much dollars in a shield reunion, which I think we're definitely going to get at WrestleMania, uh, whether it's helping Seth beat Brock or not. It's just that they're willing to throw everything out the window or, I mean, did they have no plans to turn Dean if Roman didn't have to step away? I, I don't know, but I, I, I feel like they always had a plan to turn him heel. So why turn him back babyface now? Uh, and the manner, again, it's the manner in which they're doing it. That is so just, terribly vexing and quite frankly kind of unforgivable from an intellectual intelligence standpoint i think a shield reunion at this point is guaranteed i think seth's gonna win at mania because of the shield and then do you think they hug it out and then dean leaves the next day like that's their last hurrah maybe that could be their signing off point as the shield is they help seth win and then dean rides off in the sunset I guess it's it's definitely possible, especially with what happened later on in the episode with uh, Roman. Well, I want to talk about more than just that. So obviously Roman and Seth made the save for Dean later on in the show, but there's something else with that that bothered me in terms of continuity. Uh, but let's Natalie, uh, excuse me, Natalia and and uh, Ronda Rousey taking on the Riot Squad. Uh, this led to the inevitable uh, interference of Becky Lynch uh, once again, rocking a sort of Kill Bill esque uh, attire, like second week in a row, jacket, yeah. Uh, and they take her away, they handcuff her, the whole cops thing, you know, Triple H warned her they had her arrested, um, and then which was, you know, it's cool. Like I, I thought, I thought that was very cool seeing her. You know, it's it's like you know, like people want to say that like this one was. Probably the most like, okay, yeah, that's very like a stone cold kind of thing, having her like arrested like that. Um, but then you had Ronda Rousey do sort of like the unexpected part, which was call out Vince. Uh, and Stephanie answered, left the title at Stephanie's feet if, you know, they didn't reinstate Becky into the match. I feel like Ronda kind of slipped up uh, during the, the promo because she was asking for Becky Lynch to get the match. And then like partway through, she's like, come on. Me, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch, WrestleMania kind of deal. I was like, uh, mean triple threat. So yeah, yeah. So initially, she said one on one with Becky, but then she realized, like, talking about like a triple threat match. Kind of like, deal, oh, which, I, I got 
my my agenda is supposed to be triple threat. My my faith is starting to be shaken uh, that we are not getting a triple threat at WrestleMania. Like I don't want a triple threat at WrestleMania. My and I at first I thought, oh, they're they're working us. You know, they're going to do Charlotte and Becky at Fastlane for the right to face Ronda Rousey, and we're going to get a singles at WrestleMania. Now I feel like we're getting the triple threat at WrestleMania, which I don't want. You, what say you? <laughs> well, I'm just still. For me, this whole situation, while it's intriguing, I'm still just worried about Asuka. Like, this whole time I see this, like, these the two top female superstars from SmackDown are putting all their energy in the Raw right now. SmackDown is just such on the sideline right now as far as time and effort. And I worry about Asuka. Like, what is she going to do? Like, I feel like Asuka, she has nothing lined up right now. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Like, I... She hasn't been on TV the last couple of weeks, and she lost, was it, to uh, Mandy, was it last week? Wait, wasn't she on TV talking about how, uh, you know, like, she doesn't care about Ronda Rousey and stuff like that? Yeah, but I mean, but she lost to Mandy the week before, Yeah, but after, like, two weeks of not being on TV before that. What I'm saying is, it's amazing, like, she, she lost to Mandy, so I don't know if they're just trying to set her and Mandy for Mania, which is like, uh, I don't know, I'm a, I... I still want Charlotte and Asuka, but it's just, I think, Ron, like I said before, the triple threat, if they do that route, is the only way is that's how you keep Ronda booking strong. If she loses, Charlotte is going to be eating the pin that night for Becky to win. I think that's that's the only reason this triple threat's happening at this point. Unless also maybe people in the back feel like Charlotte is that big of a name in star power. Oh, yeah. By having her involved. Because remember, like, was it last summer? I mean, that's exactly what they think. But last summer, everyone wanted Charlotte and Ronda to headline WrestleMania. And, and then Becky's you know, reign of terror and popularity took off. Yeah. And then the people switched their minds and want Becky and Ronda. Listen, I, I will not argue the fact that, like, had Becky not gotten injured, that the, the natural progression would have been Charlotte and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania closing out the show. I think that was After that was the Becky rumor last and Ronda year. Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. But that's not how it went. And Becky was getting super over, and she happened to get injured, which was to the detriment of her at the time. But shifted things up to where now it made more sense for her to get her hands on Ronda at WrestleMania. But they, I think, are so married to this idea of Charlotte and her box office that they can't get out of their own way on that. And this, again, not no besmirchment to Charlotte or anything like that because, look, Charlotte versus Ronda one-on-one, given the right story and build, absolutely, I think, no doubt about it, could be the same level and could close out WrestleMania and stuff like that. But the problem is, is that you're now going against the grain and flying in the face of, like, a Daniel Bryan Yeselmania over Superstar and so she's sort of playing the role of, like, Batista in in that time period, you know? Um, but I just—what did you think about the whole promo, though, with Ronda and Steph and laying the title down? I mean, does that interest you? What do you think? Well, I think for Ronda's sake, at least it's kind of building her back up as a baby face because the crowd was so kind of against her, which we've said many times before, it's unfair to Ronda. She's done nothing but be an awesome performer in and out of the ring, professional— one of the fastest learners ever, but nonetheless, she still got booed pretty recently, especially going back to Survivor Series, and she doesn't deserve it. So I think at least that promo helps her kind of remind people, hey, she's a baby face, and she's at least from using whatever power she has as the Raw Women's Champion to kind of reestablish. Try and do the right thing. Do the right thing. So to her credit, 
she is trying to fix things. So if anything, us at the WWE Universe needs to embrace her and least okay, she's trying to make it right for us to to keep watching. But also the social media between the two of them it's tremendous. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Calling out each other back and forth and uh, what'd you think of Becky's mugshot? I liked it. Who wore it better? Uh, her swipe right. Her or Vince? <laughs> uh, definitely Becky, because Becky's not like a 70-plus-year-old man. Uh, no, I love that. I love that they're actually putting on a shirt per Becky's request. Uh, and uh, I Oh, a shirt with the, the, the uh, mud shots, yeah. Oh, I got to get that. And then I liked- uh, will get for a dollar. I liked Becky on social media uh, comparing Ronda Rousey to uh, Tommy Wiseau from The Room. Uh, like, she put out like a <laughs> yeah, Photoshop, yes. but he's like, what is line? And like, just- cracking on Ronda's like mic skills I guess which is both fair and unfair uh but it just yeah they, like online their feud has been has been tremendous and I love like that's the next like that that's the current sort of way you have to keep these feuds hot because it's like that's the only thing I think left that really keeps fans like dude are they actually like subtweeting each other right now and well, stuff like that you know going back to Jericho calling out Kenny Omega yes. when we saw that originally couple Octobers ago, yeah. the initial like building up of that. And yeah, that's the thing. Social media, if done correctly, can be such an amazing tool for us, the fans, to like really get caught up in a storyline. Yes. And and that's at the same time, if some people use it too much for their own personal life, it ruins kayfabe, which I kind of have an example from NXT, which if we have time to get into later, I would like to yeah. kind of talk about that. Uh, all right, so let, let's jump into uh, the issue I had with continuity, and that's uh, we had Dean Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre, uh, you know, and so Drew really took it to Dean, and then, you know, Corbin and Lashley came, Well, Elias came down there and laid out Dean as a receipt for eating dirty deeds earlier, mm-hmm. but then you have Lashley and Corbin come down, and you had Elias, like, look around and start joining in with Corbin and his cronies. My issue with that is, other than Braun Strowman... There's nobody on that roster pretty much, maybe Kurt Angle, but there's nobody on that roster really that has had more issues with Eli- with uh, Corbin than Elias. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, well, we're a group of heels. Like, we're just going to, like, it's just, to me, it just it's just like a slap in my face as somebody that watches every week that's just like, it's so, like, just blowing with the wind. Like, they're all heels. What, like, cr- like creative and continuity be damned. I was pissed. I, I like, like between what they're doing with Dean and Elias, it's it's so maddening to me. I I don't know. It like just a it, few weeks ago, Elias was selling out Corbin to Braun Strowman. Oh when yeah, Corbin was hiding in his limo. Like, well, it just sucks. Everyone's like kind of floating right now in the mid card scene. Like, it's frustrating because what's Braun gonna do come WrestleMania? That's something I think we talked about before. Is like he has nothing planned yeah. right now. Unless it's going to be him versus all four of those guys. But it, it just, everyone's kind of floating and they just kind of casually all bump into each other. Oh, hey, I, I don't like you this week. We're going to fight each other now. It, it just, it's, it's not clear direction. Stupid. I'm curious with Bruce Pritchard just signing back on as one of the head creative guys for WWE. I wonder if things are going to start changing. And hopefully, guys like an Elias or Braun. Or whoever at that mid card level will, ha- which is interesting to say, Braun mid card level, but nonetheless, hopefully get more specific roles and like they all have specific agendas what they're trying to do and just, yeah, it's more flushed out that way. Yeah, it's just I I still like regard like even if it's just even if Elias didn't have a match at WrestleMania, like don't 
don't pair him with Corbin like after like months of him being at odds with him just like willy nilly. Like it's that that to me just it just it flies like in my face in terms of what I've been watching. It's like if I if I read a comic book, you know, for weeks on end, I'm like fully caught up with the story, and then all of a sudden, like Spider Man and Doc Ock are best of pals, or like teaming up with no like real explanation of why. I'm not gonna want to read that. Uh, so well, it's it just that that was dumb. It's it just inexcusable. It just I feel like WWE a lot of times when they don't have nothing specific lined up for someone, they just pair them up with someone else and they all of a sudden become buddies because the enemy of my enemy is like the common ground that they have. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it's not like Elias had like a super amount of feud with Dean Ambrose before, before Monday though. Yeah. So I just, I just don't like when they, I feel like they have nothing creative for these guys. They just throw them all together and it's, it just feels like a big mess right now. And that's, what's frustrating. Like I said, it's just, I want them to have, they could be doing so much more with these guys. And I get it. Between, like, these four guys, they all could kind of take turns with each other and kind of, like, NXT can, you know, guys, you know, switch off against each other. It's it's much more clear what the the long-term goals are for these guys and what they have going on. It just raw. It, just, it seems like a mess right now. Yeah. Dumpster fire. Uh, we do have to say uh, there was some other happy news other than Rome Reigns. It was Ric Flair's 70th birthday celebration, which, by the way, his actual surprise party was great. A lot of luminaries there. Chris Jericho and Triple H taking a photo together, which was, you know, much to the, you know, Jericho's chagrin. He put it out there trolling the fans. Hashtag blow up the air now. Charles Barkley was there. I mean, Todd Gurley. That was very cool. But then they were celebrating. Evander Holyfield. Yeah. You know, Ric Flair is this transcendent icon. Uh, but then we had the celebration on Raw for his birthday. You know, they brought out Shawn Michaels. They brought out Ricky Steamboat, Sting, which was very cool. That was cool. Uh, and then, you know, they're calling out Rick, and that's when Batista shows up dragging the cameraman, beat the hell out of Rick, you know, did the whole do I have your attention now to Triple H, setting up the match that they teased at SmackDown 1000 when, you know, the great faction that was never on uh, SmackDown Evolution, like literally – Never were on SmackDown. The connective tissue like, right there. Literally never were a part of SmackDown uh, Evolution on SmackDown 1000 when they set up the match between Triple H was and Smack- Batista. Was SmackDown 1000? Literally uh, it never appeared on SmackDown. Yeah, but was that was that in Washington, D.C. that night? I don't if, remember. If I remember correctly. I, I don't recall. Because I know Batista, I think, is from there. He is, yes. So it just made sense for him. He was probably home at the time even though i think he lives in florida i think he would have come out for that either way wherever it was at yeah uh but i i mean so i will say this heel batista is criminally underrated in terms of one of the coolest characters like post-evolution heel batista is one of my favorite characters like when he was feuding with john cena uh his his promos and everything like that just his whole like presentation and everything he knows how to be a really cool douche heel like give Batista full credit. And this was no exception here. This was like a really like shocking uh, thing that he did. Um, You know, especially given Batista's history with Ric Flair, which is another sort of fly in the face of continuity, considering you go back to when Shawn Michaels retired Ric Flair, that led to a great feud between Shawn and Dave because Dave hated the fact that Shawn couldn't put his own ego aside and let Ric Flair's career continue and stuff like that. Uh, So, but you, and you have like Batista had, in real life and in storyline, being like one of 
like Rick's closest friends. What'd you think of the blue nose ring? I liked it. I it stood it was cool. out. What a boss, dude. St- like every dude, everything about Dave is boss like. Like the vests that he wears, everything his whole presentation. Dave's cool. He's I ho- wish I could rock the stuff that Dave rocks. He's Hollywood, man. Yeah, he's awesome. He's I, Guardians of the Galaxy money at and, work. And I have no problem with him being heel except for the fact that it's setting up Triple H to go over at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, there's no doubt in my mind as we stand here today that it's Triple H going to be going over Dave Batista at WrestleMania. And I don't Are want sure? Triple H to go over Dave. Are you sure? He just beat up the 70-year-old king of the legends. Okay, first off, Ric Flair, kudos to him. On his 70th birthday, he's still willing to work and give it back to the Absolutely. business. He is willing to, like, I don't care it's my 70th birthday. Huge milestone. You know, he was really sick a couple, you know, within the last year, year and a half, wherever yeah. it was. He's still willing to go out there and play the role of, you know, getting his ass kicked from Batista. He's still willing to work it for the industry. I have mad respect for that. I hope Rick turns on Triple H and joins with Batista at WrestleMania. Like, I, I want Dave to stick around. Uh, so, like, I would have less problem with this because, like, the fans this time around, I think, are going to want to cheer Dave. Yeah. You know, well, like, this is very different than when he came back and sort of was taking the wind out of Daniel Bryan's sales at no fault to Dave. Well, do you think this is a make good for that whole situation? You think every- Hell, though, but now he's a heel. Well, I'm just saying because five years ago, his return at that time— yeah, it was very much just booed upon, overshadowed. Because yeah, the but th- now they they want the fans to boo him now because they're bringing him back as a heel. But at least he can maybe write off his swan song a little bit better versus five years ago, which everyone was like, I think the WWE officials were thinking, oh, my God, the crowd should be loving this. He's back. But everyone was more focused on wanting Daniel yeah, Bryan well, to that win. that was just a tone-deaf job by creative then. And I'm sure he was frustrated. It's like, dude, I come back and... Well, he's even been on record to say that he didn't think it was a good idea how they did it. And exactly. they ended up doing the right thing in the end. And it all, all yeah, things, yeah. and you know, all's well that ends well. But I'm just saying, this is probably his make good now. It's like, okay, I can come but back. I don't and see how it's a make good, though, because they're still going to be booing. Yeah, but I mean, at least it's a better ma- a competitive match. or or a story, I guess. Yeah. It's just emotionally involved. Like, I mean, main event in WrestleMania ain't too bad. True. You know, it, but they okay. got things right by the end there. Yeah, that. yeah. But the other thing I'm saying is uh, Triple H also... Dude, didn't he get hurt at Crown Jewel? His pack was like, what, that first weekend? Maybe it wasn't as severe as they thought. Dude, it was bruised up. Yeah, and, I mean, it looked pretty bad. And he had surgery right away, but still. Uh, I okay. listen to A Beautiful Day. He's been training really hard, you wait, know, like back in the day. Wait, no, it's ready. It's okay, ready. It was, Spinning U2 records, as Edge and Christian used to say. <laughs> Dude, Triple H, we know. Triple H, look- I tear my quad getting out of the bathtub every day. I don't see me complaining. Triple H, I know you listen to Motorhead. You're a metalhead. That's no, what I'm he- talking about the return package. I know. <laughs> Are I know. you? Do you? I know. I'm just saying. I know deep down Triple H would be listening to Motorhead. R.I.P. to Lemmy. But I'm just saying, okay, he got hurt in Crown Jewel. So November, December, January, February. Already four months. He's, I guess, ready to go. So come, you know, uh, WrestleMania, it's... Dude, like five and a half months, he's wrestling Hunter again? not to be outdone. I'm back, too. It's not just Roman. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, Triple H is cranny. He's healing pretty fast after Wolverine, this. Wolverine, dude. I know. John Cena, Royal Rumble ain't nothing to Triple H. Yeah. Well, I mean... Look, I'm excited for... I think that's a big match. You know, yes. Batista and Triple H. I think that's great for WrestleMania. I just... I I think it's cool that Batista's had Triple H's number. 
and I, and I think conventional booking wisdom says that Triple H is going to go over at WrestleMania. Are you sure, Batista could have a little run. I mean, I hope so, but it's like in these situations, you know, and with Dave, it seems like come back for a match. You okay, know, wait, Hollywood like, Talk Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three has been pushed back because of all the James Gunn stuff. So maybe Batista has a little more free time than he expected, so he could have a good little run in WWE. Therefore, he could go over at WrestleMania and then go into another program, maybe through SummerSlam. So I don't know. Don't be I quick. hope so. Don't be quick Look, to judge I, Triple I want, H going over. I want Dave to stick around. Well, I think even if he go, even if Dave wins at WrestleMania, which is the most important thing to me, yeah. he'll still lose at like Backlash though. Yeah, so, like, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, I don't want that. I like that Triple H has never beaten him. I think that's such a cool line that he said at SmackDown 1000 when Evolution was there, even though they were never on SmackDown when you know they were a faction together. But I digress. Uh, they all individually were good on SmackDown. Well, Batista. Yeah, Triple H had Rand- like a cup of coffee there. Randy Orton. Randy Orton and Batista. Ric Flair never. Yeah, I know he's never. He was the owner of Raw. So give me a break. <laughs> Still so I know. Stupid. When they made that announcement, I was like, wait, what? So like, if you look stupid. at. Like, like, okay, if you're listening right now and maybe you're younger and don't remember uh, uh, Evolution's time. Just go to YouTube, type in like Evolution's theme type song. Type in Evolution Smackdown and see what comes up. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Let me know. All Hold their video me. packages are on Raw. Yeah, of course. All right, let's get let's get into SmackDown uh, because we are running short on time. Real, real quick, did you see what happened after Raw? Yes. The so uh uh Jinder and his buddies came out yeah, and, and then Sean super kicked the Sean super kicked. I love that Sean just, everywhere he goes has that NXT hat now. Dude, he's he's shilling. And then uh, Kurt Angle, you know, uh uh Slammed him through the cake as well, so that was very cool. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was nice for the the live audience and everything like that. So to SmackDown we go. We have the contract signing between Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. Uh, hashtag Kofi Mania. This is for their match at Fastlane. Uh, Vince coming out of the woodwork uh, and saying that you know right before Kofi signs on the dotted line. Uh, that Kevin Owens is going to be taking a spot at Fastlane for no other reason than Vince thinks that Kevin Owens is bigger box office. Hurtful. Um, and like, but I love the New Day's reaction to it and, you know, that Kofi's getting screwed here and everything about this segment I thought was great and just like really good for Kofi Kingston because this means he's going to get the match at WrestleMania. I have no doubt about that. So hashtag Kofi Mania, despite what happened this week, is alive and well. This is a really good story. Except for something to do with who is replacing him. Kevin Owens replacing him with no issue from Vince McMahon, who took a vile, brutal headbutt from Kevin Owens the last mm-hmm. time he was a full-time member of SmackDown. Uh, no issue, no mention of Again, fine, if they're going to do this, at least mention it on commentary. At least mention it when Kevin Owens literally has a backstage segment with Shane and Stephanie when... Kevin Owens had a match with Shane at WrestleMania this past year, brutally attacked Shane multiple times, and Shane didn't even say anything about it. Shane fired Kevin Owens, which is what led him to go to Raw in the first place. So they don't make any mention of that. Was, this is this is like again the Dean Ambrose stuff. Like, what what are we doing here? Like, you're just insulting me. Like I like Pepperidge Farm remembers, Jimbo remembers. Well, it was a real stunner to see him that night. Which Thank you. We'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, you're right. As far as continuity, first off, the rumors I was reading was he was not going to come back till after Mania because they had nothing lined up for him going into it, even though he was healed and ready to go and cleared. But, yeah, you're right. If he was going to come back, doesn't he have beef with Bobby Lashley on Raw? He needs to finish. Well, he's a heel now. 
that too. And I'm like surprised. Also, interesting to get the new tattoos going. But and then you're right as far as like all his time on SmackDown, all the the, the craziness he created, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe not, Vince likes it because he wanted that from AJ Styles. Then have him say it. Like, like that's the, like it would be it would be totally fine if Vince was like you know uh, I liked what I this man like is like he's done like horrible things but I like that like animal inside him or whatever like kept, like at least reference it like have Shane reference it and again literally the next segment they have a, they have a backstage thing together where Shane all Shane would have to do to make like a lunatic like myself happy. It's just like, look, I didn't want you here on SmackDown. This is over my head, but like, if this is what's happening, kind of blah blah blah, just yeah. something like that, short and sweet, and be like, okay, so they're not completely like taking out continuity. Uh, by the way, real quick on Raw, Michael Cole, complete blunder uh, when he was talking about when Shawn Michaels was walking to the ring. He's like, when Shawn Michaels, you know, WrestleMania 24, Ric Flair uttered the words, "I'm sorry." And then sweet chin music to him. I was like, no, it's, I'm sorry, I love you, you dunce. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> by the way, you look like Kevin Owens right now. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just looking at you, and I'm like, you look kind of like Kevin Owens now. You got the little spiky hair, and you got the beard going. I wish I wish I had the capability to pop up powerbomb you through our studio table right now. I'm I sorry. Just kind of. You should be sorry. I should do a comparison shot by shot right now. Like, I should put that on Instagram. All right. All right, Lars Sullivan. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah, I just I didn't I didn't appreciate um, I didn't appreciate that at all. Um, not your comments either, but again, the lack of continuity either. Uh, so there there was that, but again, I think net very good. It was a good segment uh, for SmackDown and just pro- like SmackDown Live this week was a very good episode. Yeah, well, I'm just saying this this is great. I think for a lot of fans, while it sucks to see Kofi, you know, for a kayfabe purpose, get pulled out of the title scene. But I think it just prolongs and just furthers, gives him the opportunity to get revenge at Mania, which oh, do you think they'll actually pull the trigger and let him win at WrestleMania? I do. Wow. Okay. I, I, think, I think there's a distinct possibility of that. I'm very excited. Uh, that is a WrestleMania moment. I was texting uh, with four-year run about it uh, the other day. And just, like, imagine the special nature of if it's Kofi and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania and you know Rowan's getting involved, and you have you have the new day come out and neutralize Rowan, so Kofi can finally you know live the impossible dream, yeah. celebrating the ring with his three you know his his two his two brothers in arms. What a moment! What a special WrestleMania moment that will be! Wow, and I'm really hoping for it. So potentially, let me just okay think about this. Okay, for the uh, WWE title, could be the new day, triple all three of them getting involved for the universe title, the Shield potentially getting involved. And then, you know, Becky, you knock on wood, maybe she wins. Like, imagine each of those moments. That could be huge. Just yeah. such in person to watch live. I'm rooting for Brock at WrestleMania, but. Really? Yeah. Why? Be- because uh, it should be Braun. <laughs> <laughs> and so all are punished yeah. because of that. And, yeah, I like Brock Lesnar. And I like Seth Rollins. But uh, if I think Braun's the guy that should slay the beast. So that's all that's right, what I'm pulling right. for. I'm not saying I'm look. I think Seth Rollins is like a ninety percent to go over. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe they want Brock to take that title to the octagon. So <laughs> I'm good with that. Uh, it's never on TV anyway, so who cares? <laughs> um, but I, I hate to be like the uh, I told you so guy, but very cool moment on SmackDown this week with. Uh, I, I said it at the time. I was like, I don't think he's really done. Maybe he's just done with the woken oh. Matt Hardy character because the returning Matt Hardy, the re- reunion of the Hardy boys uh, beating the bar, 
I thought that was great, and I hope they're who's going to take on hopefully the Usos for the tag titles at WrestleMania because that would be a huge, huge tag match in my estimation. By the way, Matt Hardy, you notice look, looking look a lot lean, leaner. Yes, Lake of Rejuvenation has I know. done him well. I need to take a dip in there. <laughs> okay, Kevin Owens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad thing, Kevin I Owens. Think, is, well, he's a badass, dude. He's one of the best. Something else, ass too. No, no. <laughs> but anyway, also, do you not realize it was supposed to be technically Johnny Gargano yes. versus yeah, Cesaro that night? On social media, and they changed it for and it's Cesaro. Yeah, the card tro- subject to change. Yes, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so were you happy instead seeing Matt, the, the Hardy Boys versus the Bar versus yeah, Gargano? Because it's more important uh, for WrestleMania purposes. Okay. I, I don't. I don't I don't get what they're doing with uh, Gargano and Champa anyway. So, like, the less I see of these poor, unfortunate call-ups that are going to be lost in the shuffle in a couple months anyway, yeah. the better. Uh, I So I thought that was really cool, Hardy Boys reunion. Like I said, I hope it's them and the Usos at Mania. I think that would be just a really fun uh, and appropriate tag title match. Okay, so you're saying definitely Miz and Shane are going to lose. Gonna, they're going to be one-on-one at Mania. You they're think be, so? Yeah, that, that's... I, I just feel bad for Miz. I feel like Miz deserves better. Just... Uh, Dude, he's so great on the mind. I mean, he is. No, you get no argument from me. Whatever. I mean, this is just a placeholder. You can just tell some of these matches are just placeholders for these guys because they're not currently in the title scene or whatnot. They're just filler matches. What did, What did you think uh, of KO using the stunner? By the way, the main event to win. Do you think that's going to be his new finish? <sighs> I mean, he called. He told Stone Cold, "Like, hey, I hope you like it." Whatever he said. Um, I don't know. Are they trying to like depower? His power bomb. I, I don't know. Like maybe, if that's, maybe they don't want him to use it. Is that, yeah, like they're just oh, okay. It's not good anymore. Use the stunner. I mean, I mean, it's one match, so it could, for all yeah, we know, it could have been an inside joke. But also, here's the other thing. It's like there's guys who've used the same move and just renamed it their own thing. But it's interesting since Stone Cold's been gone, no one else has used the stunner since that time. I mean, does Daniel Bryan not want to? Uh, Take the pop-up power bomb is also a possibility, oh. which he has in the past. When he yeah. came back, he took it. But I'm just saying, it's really interesting. Maybe it's not the smartest one, though. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting that no one has used the stunner since then. But maybe because well, John Cena did. Yeah, well, but he bounced springboard off the stunner. Yeah, yeah. but I, that was like a one-time thing. But uh, he used it during the whole open challenge era. Didn't always land it properly, <laughs> but he used it. But what I'm saying is is maybe because that move is so iconic to. Stone Cold that WWE doesn't want anyone else to use it, but like, but Shawn Michaels, the the super kick, everyone does a super kick. Now. Yeah, it's a transitional move now, not even as a finisher. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I don't know. I part of me, okay, as a Stone Cold fan, it's like, no, don't use it. That's not that's not your move. That's Stone Cold. But at the same time, part of me is like, you know, it's kind of nice to bring it back and see it used on a regular basis in in someone's arsenal. I mean, as long as they keep it strong and it's a finish, you yes. know, you know what I mean. It needs to be a finisher only. Like uh, Willie Mack used it in Lucha Underground as a finisher. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we got we got Kevin Owens now in the title match at Fast Lane. Uh, him and Kofi pinning uh, Daniel Bryan. Who is his partner? Who? Oh, Ooh. Rowan. Yeah, Rowan. Yeah, Rowan. Yeah, yeah Rowan actually about. worked the match. I thought, yeah, for some reason, I thought he was just still an enforcer. Uh, but, yeah, he worked the match. Uh, before we get into NXT and before we get out of here, I just want to, you know, remind everybody that you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and where? How, how can you do that? Facebook, Twitter, at In The Click. Yeah, very simple. Like, here we go. Yeah, yeah, In The Click. It's so simple. It just went right over both of our heads. I know. Uh, Emails, too. Yeah, exactly. In the click at gmail.com. 
Uh, I can follow Baby Huey. What, what is yours? Which one? Actually, Which you do mine too because I don't know what mine is. Okay, are. my Facebook's at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey83. Jimbo, follow him on Twitter at the Bimbo Jimbo and then Instagram bimbo.jimbo. Thank you. So you know him better than I do. I know, dude. I got it all down. And, and also for all you wrestling fans out there, Grape City Con coming up uh, March 24th, 2019 in Lodi, California. Uh, Marty, the villain, is going to be there. Jack Swagger. I'm sure other guests still to be announced. Friend of the podcast. It's going to be it's going to be super awesome. Uh, so get your asses to Grape City Con. Will they Again, serve grape juice? I'm sure. Probably maybe they'll have some wine up there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, great. You know, a little, little wine with Marty and and Swagger and stuff like that. She's probably training for MMA. But yeah, Grape City Con Sunday, March 24th in Lodi, California. Get your asses out there, people. Uh, NXT. Uh, this week started off with uh, what Gargano in the ring. Johnny Takeover. Wait, by the way, that's what I was going to ask you. Can we still call him Johnny Takeover or is he Johnny Raw now? Johnny He's still John- He'll always be Johnny Takeover. Johnny Mania. Sha- Shawn Michaels isn't, you know, not Mr. WrestleMania anymore. He's still Mr. WrestleMania, even though he's not a wrestler. He's still Johnny Takeover. Okay. All right. I just, that's why I kind of got this shirt. It's like, okay, he's getting called up now. It's like, well, this yeah. shirt, like, Carly won't be. It won't, it won't be as Well, it certainly won't be in stores for long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing. I was like, I got to jump on this to get it for $1. Uh, but uh, Gargant, well, first they set up uh, Velveteen Dream and Undisputed Era feuding over the NXT North American Championship. Uh, but then with Gargano in the ring talking about how, you know, he was Johnny Champion and then didn't go his way. And then Champa interrupted him. And Champa, once again, playing the puppet master and convincing Johnny to. Uh, team with him in the Dusty Tag Team Classic. Uh, Gargano eventually, albeit reluctantly, shaking his hand. Uh, This goes back to the thing that uh, we've railed against now for weeks, which is Johnny Gargano, I get what the story they're trying to tell, but the fact that Gargano's gut reaction isn't still to just punch Tommaso Ciampa in the face is stupid to me. And don't try and tell me otherwise. Wait, Ciampa's getting under his skin and says, hey man, when we're together... We win. We win titles. If we win the Dusty Classic in New York City, get the gold. Like, and he's holding the gold right in front of him, clutching. He's like, you know, you you lost your title, but you and I can hold tag titles together. I think that's, dude. He's getting in his head. It's like you need me to be successful. I, he's I, working it. It's not working though. It's stupid because because Champa's the one that that said together they weren't any good and turned on him. And like they, again, they had this in one you of the can't most. Can't beat him. You join them. It's so dumb. Don't. Uh. He beat him at takeovers last it's, couple takeovers. Again, from a writing aspect, it's so piss poor that Johnny all of a sudden now like doesn't just want to like punch him in the face. But I did like his promo in the ring before Champa came out. As yeah. far as you could tell, he's 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 not being such cocky like tweener. He's more like kind of realizing the airs in his way. He's, yeah, he's kind of like he's, still, little, he's still teaming with the ultimate evil. True, but I'm saying before that whole thing played out, his promo at least acknowledging like, like he wants to be Johnny Champion again. Like it, it yeah. he seems a little more remorseful for everything that's happened. I think they're gonna pull this off, uh, and I and I pull think what off the whole like turning Gargano back into Superface and oh yeah. into Superheel. I think I think it'll work. But it's still it's still a slap in the, like the intelligent fans' face as we're getting there. Like the road there is such a stupid road to take. Well, but hopefully the payoff will be worth I'm it. I'm glad also because of the timing of the taping, they were acknowledging like, "Hey, pretty busy week and a half for me." Yeah. So at least they're acknowledging 
him being on Raw and SmackDown and just as far as continuity, it's like, dude, he's all over the place right now. So yeah. I think that's cool. Like, it's he's Johnny No Brand. <laughs> no Brand. He's a, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Uh, we had Bailey and Sasha Banks showing up to, yeah, as you were talking about, sort of like being the traveling tag team champions, which I thought was very cool. What, what, what did you uh, think of that whole situation? Dude, it just, I mean, for Bailey's sake to have a crowd that into her, that yeah, pops. Yeah, it's good to see Bailey and Izzy again, dude. Right. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's great. But I'm just saying, dude, the pop from the crowd, like, you deserve it or welcome back. Like, hearing all that is like, wow, that must feel good. I yeah. know. Full sale, definitely a lot small, smaller than like one of the arenas Raw or SmackDown takes place in. But for them, it just shows, man, NXT, if you're loved, that crowd gives it back to you. It, it's really cool seeing that. And I'm sure for them, it was nice to feel that. But I I just, I enjoy the idea of like, yeah, they are going to go around from not necessarily city to city, but as far as show to show yeah. and defend it. And they're calling, putting the challenge out there to maybe, the roster. Maybe, the, maybe that's what they're going to do with them WrestleMania weekend. Maybe they're going to defend those titles at TakeOver New York, which I'm fine with. That would be amazing. Oh, really? Because the rumor is it's going to be Trish and Lita versus them two at WrestleMania. That's the latest rumor. I mean, that would that would be fine, too. I do two nights. Yeah. Because they do have amazing history at TakeOver. So yeah. It, that, I mean, that would be... I would love to see them at TakeOver. That would, that so would, two nights in a row, that could be... Or a hell, real. even if we just got them at TakeOver. I, yeah. think, I think that's a better spot for them anyway. WrestleMania is already too long. Uh, and yeah. they're going to be on the show that will probably, from an in-ring aspect, steal the show anyway. That could be good. So Who I, would they take on? I'll figure that out later. Who cares? Okay. Um, but that's that's definitely... Chompa and Gargano. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. If that if that's how they want to ring in intergender wrestling in WWE, sign me up. That would be an amazing match. Um, you wanted to reference something, though, on, on NXT. No, it's just like uh, talking about social media and how it can be used to, like really add to storyline as far as a feud between two people. It also like it can break kayfabe and you know the whole Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler match at the end, mm-hmm. which was a solid match. Yeah. But my only issue is if you follow them on social media, you know that they're roommates, they're like close best friends. And so for me it was really hard to just get invested into that match. Yeah, we shouldn't know that. Yeah, but you follow them on Mia Yim on social media, you know that they, they yeah, they're roommates. They go out to the stores and you know, do shopping together. It's just like they're, they're closed. They should keep that off of social media or have a private account. I've always maintained, like, again, not not to be unforgiving to the superstars, but have, like, Braun Strowman should have a separate Braun Strowman Instagram account and his own private personal one yeah. for his actual friends, I feel like. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. So the match itself I'm watching is, and you could tell. It's the monster among men, not the monster among DMs. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he does that too. I don't know. Yes, but, but, um, but he did have a Tinder profile. <laughs> Remember, that was big oh, yeah. back in the day. What, what I'm saying is, like, they're. It's like it's hard for me to kind of really care about that match and, like, the, the, the hatred that they have for each other when. If you follow them, like, oh, last week they went to Target together and we're, you know, goofing around. So it's like, in that sense, it, it's tough to follow along. But I was kind of enjoyable because you could see, like, she's like, give me your knee. Like, it's so, I think if you and I had a match, I could totally, like, really get into it because I know, you know, it's, we're just, we're in it to entertain everyone. Yeah, like, totally. Lay into me, like, yeah. you SOB, like, give it to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I just, I, I'm totally with you, too, that, that we have so much access to them now yeah. that, it, it does undermine certain things in terms of the suspension of disbelief and the kayfabe aspects of it. Also, real quick, I was going to ask you, Undisputed Era, so it looks like um, Roderick Strong is not so much going to be, it's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish back as the tag team. Ver- and rightfully so. The tag team out of Undisputed Era. 
So is Roderick Strong, does he focus on just being a singles competitor now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because as far as the, the Dusty Classic, it looks like they're the two that's going to be representing Undisputed Era. Yeah, I think that's the right call. Um, but we will we'll see where the, the road uh, goes for Champa and Gargano and everything on NXT. Do you think it's going to be Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole at uh, TakeOver yes. in New York? Yeah, okay. which would be fantastic. I'm fantastic. excited to that. Look forward to that. Yeah, very much so. Where my Undisputed Era t-shirt I got. I'll be, I'll be rocking uh, Velveteen Dream for that one. So... <laughs> Uh, that is going to do it for us this week here, though. I got a roll uh, for Baby Huey. I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. I wouldn't want to be you.